is the Missional Adventure Podcast, telling inspirational stories of Baptists embracing adventure in the mission of God. This is the final instalment in the Missional Adventure Podcast series. Our 20th episode sees Simon Goddard with his pioneer ambassador colleagues and talking about the theme of adventure within the mission of God. This episode is also the 100th contribution to the Missional Adventure Project and you can find all 100 stories at www.missionaladventure.net. If this is the first time you've listened to the podcast, then please do subscribe on your favourite podcast provider and you'll be able to download and listen to all 20 episodes. So welcome to this 20th episode of the Missional Adventure podcast, and this is story 100 on the Missional Adventure portal of the Baptist Union website, which you can find at www.missionaladventure.net. It's been great to have been gathering stories, these 100 stories over the last year or so, and to be hearing stories through the podcast. And I've gathered uh, with me today my pioneer ambassador colleagues, Ali Bolton and Roy Searle, to just reflect a bit on this whole theme of adventure, what it means to be on an adventure in the mission of God. So I'm going to invite them, uh, Ali, if you want to go first, and then Roy, just to uh, introduce yourselves as pioneer ambassadors, but that's not all you do. So tell us a bit about who you are and, and what you're up to. Hi, Simon. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. I'm a pioneer ambassador, but a lot of my time I am involved in the new housing hub and trying to sort of nurture new housing around the country ecumenically. I remain as a new housing pioneer on the ground in an estate. I lecture a day a week with CMS in pioneering and theology and I'm part of the FX Fresh Expressions core leadership team I think that's kind of most of what I do. Thanks Ali for being here and Roy. Yeah lovely to be here yeah as a in my role as pioneer ambassador most of my time is spent mentoring younger pioneers and and missional leaders. I I do some teaching at Cranmer Hall and a bit at Spurgeon's and, and a fair bit of writing and advocacy. But it's just lovely, you know, as a seasoned, that means I'm old now, you know, somebody who has, has pioneered my first pastorate, I would look back now and say, actually, it was pioneering. Some people say it was church planting first minister, but it was really pioneering. And obviously, I, with others, was one of the founders of the Northumbria community. So pioneering has just been part of my DNA and call to ministry over the years. And it's lovely now to kind of bequeath to, to next generations and also to be encouraged by, by the emergence of pioneers within our Baptist Together movement. And, and it's just a privilege to be kind of part of their stories. Right. And just to sort of fulfill the circle, as it were, I, I'm uh, the third pioneer ambassador and I, I still serve as a, a mission enabler within the Eastern Baptist Association. And a number of years ago, started a fresh expression of church in, in rural Cambridgeshire. And now I, I moved during lockdown into March in North Cambridgeshire and already developing a community of people that we hope to gather around a, a community garden in a bit of wasteland behind our house and looking forward to seeing how that develops over uh, our time here in, in March. I'm also alongside Ali, part of the Fresh Expressions National Leadership Community. And I, I, I've brought us together just to sort of reflect on this whole theme of adventure. And each of us actually, over the last couple of years, in, in various ways, have, have 
been on adventures, not just in local pioneering, but uh, in our in our roles, we've uh, each of us have felt called to step out of regional roles into something new, perhaps, well, not perhaps, a bit, a bit riskier sort of portfolio ministry type role. So when we're talking about adventure, you know, that's something that we're experiencing our, ourselves as well. I, I was uh, chatting to Roy and Ali before talking about my recent experience of watching The Hobbit and uh, I, uh, I I drew out this this quote. Gandalf says this to, to Bilbo Baggins near the beginning of The Hobbit. And he says, you've been sitting quietly for far too long. Tell me, when did doilies on your mother's dishes become so important to you? I remember a young hobbit who was always running off in search of elves in the woods. A young hobbit who would have liked nothing better to find out what was beyond the boundaries or the borders of the Shire. The world is not in your books and maps, it's out there. And I just thought, as I, as I heard that in The Hobbit, uh, watching The Hobbit recently, I think there's a, a call there to us as individuals. I know uh, for a while in my own Christian walk, there was a time where I just got comfortable in church. It's a sort of just, I'm not sure I was ever interested in doilies and, and dishes, but that sense that we get preoccupied with the, the practicalities of church and that longing to be involved in 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 God's mission to be sent out on an adventure it might be there early on in our walk but I'm, my hope is that as we've told these stories of adventure that that longing to discover what is beyond the borders of the shire beyond the borders of the church might be stirred up in us I'm not sure what your thoughts are uh, on that and that, that sort of that adventurous spirit that we need to nurture in the life of our, our churches any, any well, thoughts on that I, well I, I mean I I came to faith while training to be an outward bound instructor and the motivation for me training to do that was looking for adventure and I met with Christ in in, in the mountains of, of, in the Cairngorms of Scotland and, and and for me that great adventure of faith is something that you know carries me as as a pioneer I I struggled in 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 my second pastorate in I, I felt as if I ended up running the church managing the church trying to keep the customer satisfied lots of programs and it, there was there was a, a twin thing really there was a I, I'd kind of forgotten a bit of God in the process of running and doing things which was a call to seek God great commandment but also in that was the the reminder of the great commission to go and, and to go beyond the walls of the church not to abandon the church but to to look beyond the familiar to look beyond that which was known and, and it's a call anybody who knows me I derive a lot of inspiration from the the lives of the Celtic saints and so you know whether you look to Aidan or Cuthbert or Brendan you know Brendan was was somebody who journeyed beyond the familiar and into the unknown and, and I think that's what we're called to do in in these days of change where the world is changing there's a there's a great unraveling going on it, it, it calls us to to reimagine to think differently to to move beyond the familiar but with that is also is trust because actually stepping out of, you know, comfort zones, control, out of that which is familiar and set, it is a risky journey. But, you know, wasn't that the call of Abraham? Wasn't that God's call upon Abraham to, to move out of the unknown and, and to break some new ground for God? So, uh, yeah, it really, it really resonates with me, whether you're talking about the Hobbit, or Lord of the Rings or the Celtic Saints it, or, or, or Abraham. It's the call to journey, to pioneer, to break new ground for the kingdom and reach people like me who are unreached, 
who would not come over the threshold of any church door or meeting. If that was true in the in the 70s, my goodness, how much more true it is for our day and generation. Yeah, I completely agree with that, Roy. I think for me, you know, when I remember at school, I became a Christian quite young and how people kind of thought that being a Christian was really boring. It was like the boring thing you did. And for me, just being a Christian has never felt like that. It's always mm -hmm. felt like you're, you know, a bit kind of sit your pants kind of thing. What is God going to say next? What is God going to want you to do? How are you going to have to step out? And for me, that's been stepping out in all, all sorts of ways. I mean, most recently, as, as Simon referred to, feeling a call from God through a prophetic dream <laughs> a couple of years before leaving my role as a regional minister and feeling like God was saying he wanted to call me on to the next adventure and that would involve laying down a regular stipend and depending on him financially and whilst in one sense that is quite terrifying because I don't have some rich husband in the background who's paying for everything you know we have to to work out how we we pay our way so in one way it's scary but for me it's much more exciting than it is scary I've seen God in all of these times when you step out that's when you see God like you know we, we've seen God provide for us financially and we've seen him provide for us in kind of physical ways and in in provision of people who've come alongside us and in all of those ways. And I almost, you know, I almost feel sorry, both in our, our local pioneering context where we rely on God financially, if I just keep taking financial as, as a particular theme at the moment, and personally where we rely on God financially, I almost feel sorry for people who've got enough and for churches who've got loads in reserve because they are not weeping at leaders meetings where we've seen God provide the next bit of money for us to carry on and and we just go okay well we think God wants us to carry on because he's provided the money for the next bit of the way and similarly with me personally you know I, I pay myself something each month and the work account is is empty and then I see the money come in I each month I think oh well maybe I don't know whether I'll get enough next month but God's I feel like God has laid on my heart what he's going to provide each month and I see that that come in and I think wow I want to be adventurous I want to be Peter getting out of the boat because that's how you know that God is really at work in the world and that feeds my faith to be adventurous in other ways where I might not see such tangible results of what God is actually doing. We had uh, Rabbi Lionel Blue that somebody may recall used to do Thought for the Day on Radio 4 Today programme. He came to visit us once at our mother house and he left us with these words he said there's an old Jewish phrase which says you can have freedom or security which one do you want because you can't have both and, and and I think for for many of us pioneers actually there is delight and pleasure and giftedness in taking the freedom over the, over the security but I, I don't want to deny that at times it's been really hard I've often said God often you know people who say you know god often provides and it's at the at the midnight hour and i say no my experience is it's usually three o'clock in the morning and you've died for three hours and 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 yet there's that principle of death and resurrection mm. there is sacrifice in following jesus there is sacrifice and, and in taking risks at times it's really hard but but i wouldn't swap freedom for the security and and i've learned a lot you know one of my one of my fears is not being able to pay the bills. One of my fears is not being able to, to meet the financial demands. And yet time after time, God has provided. 
And you, you have stories, you have memories of the remarkable ways in which God has not only provided financially, but brought people of his choosing that you would never have thought about or, or you know, affecting in a sense a miracle or a minor miracle that has brought transformation to a situation that is born of utterly being dependent upon God. So you don't look back and say, we were able to do this because we had this amount and we had that resource, but actually we've only been able to do this because God called us, you know, seek God's face and, and worry about God providing out, out of his hands. Yeah. That's been our experience. And I think we've potentially tamed or even twisted what we mean by faithful. When you look at Hebrews 11, you talked about Abraham. Roy and Abraham and Sarah called out of a land to go to a place they, they completely knew nothing about and, and to follow God on that and he's he amongst others are listed as and commended as those that are faithful and as a regional minister sometimes I would, I would hear churches talk about well we're being faithful at least we're being faithful because we're keeping the doors open and the pulpit filled now I, I don't want to deny perseverance and a place for perseverance and persistence in, in the life of, of the church but we've misunderstood faithfulness, if that's what we think it is, keeping on doing the same thing. Faithfulness, when you read those people in Hebrews 11, is about stepping into the unknown. It's stepping into a place where you are utterly dependent upon God. You have to follow him completely and rely on him completely. Yeah. And that is risky. And that's what it means to, to be faithful. I think we need to recapture that and be asking the questions in our church. What does God want? Not what do we want for our church, but what does God want? And then obediently stepping into that. And, and when I was in, in local ministry, we, we used a couple of analogies. The, the elder at the church said it feels often like God is calling us to take a, a leap off the top a diving board into the pool before God's filled the pool with water and sometimes we, we sort of use the analogy of surfing that you know God provides a wave we just need to to stay on board but that's a exciting and scary thing because at any moment you could find yourself eating sand having been thrown into in, into the wave and but you know that's that's where the excitement comes I think when you're journeying with God and you're dependent upon him you as, as Ali said you, you see him at work and you see him and not only leading but providing for you one of our values here in that my local context our dna is that uh, we talk about stepping into the next pool of light and often we feel like god only reveals to us that one step and you have to to step out into that even though it is darkness all around mm -hmm. and we've just seen that time and time again as a, a local mm -hmm. well church here that's a pioneering church that God has just only shown us one step and we've had to step out without knowing all the answers to, but what if and what next and how will that work out? I think that's really scriptural. I mean, we, we just see that again and again in the Bible, don't we? Especially through kind of being led in the Old Testament. Yeah, just knowing yeah. that one next step yeah and we've used the map as a picture on the podcast logo and in some ways it's ironic because there is there is no map when you're on an adventure with God you know the next step and, and I guess that's where the language of pioneering comes from it's not always a, a helpful language but you know pioneers go into lands where there are no maps and where you you know discover the territory as you journey and I think that's um yeah that's what it is it's about just knowing what the next step is and then the next step and working out what you do when you get there, yeah. uh, what's beyond that.
In new mm-hmm. housing, that's um, physical. That's literal as well as metaphorical. Simon, <laughs> you go into a place that's not yet built. Maybe you know we were in the first house, just the first yeah. bit. You'd have no idea what it's going to be like afterwards. Yeah. The the map is literally being drawn around you. Yeah, journeying route maps. I, I I think, I think for me, it's it's instead of doing a mission, it's living missionally. It, it's it's not it's not let let's do a mission. Let's have a mission. It's actually you know a life that loves God should overflow naturally with with a missional heart and will connect with people. I think one of the things that, you know, has encouraged me, we we have it in the missional adventure stories, we have it with the pioneers that we three are connected with. It's about just discovering and discerning what God is doing in the world and joining God in the neighborhood. You know, it's not just about what we want to do or even the passion that we have or even the people group that are on our hearts it's actually discovering that that god's love and his compassion is reaching deep into the hearts of communities our task is to join with god not go and ask god to come with us but join with what god's doing and, and i think the great thing about our, our baptist ecclesiology and spirituality we should be free to do that we really should be free to do that you know to discern together the mind of christ impelled and inspired by the holy spirit we can get on and do it you know we don't have the the stumbling blocks or hoops that that many others have to jump through that's that's part of our freedom that should propel us as a missional movement i think it's i don't know if it's important to mention at this stage that you know we our generation is not the first generation to be adventurers you know we stand on the shoulders of all those who have adventured before us and i think it's something really encouraging when you mentioned the saints we might also look back in our in the celtic saints we might also look back in our own baptist yeah kind of history and think the kind of adventure laying down their life type of adventure they did to really kind of follow what god's calling was and i love you know simon talking about the maps i love the story of mallory who was going up everest in in 1924 i want to say and how they got up and he said today gentlemen we step off the map but what had gone before, they had a map that led them yeah. to that point. So I think, you know, it's not like we're suddenly doing something new. It's we're building on the maps of others who have gone before us, who have been kind of faithful, be they are, the, you know, the biblical figures, the saints figures, our own Baptist mm. heritage. But from then, it is now mm. our turn to step off the map and mm-hmm. to kind of be cartographers for the next bit of the journey. And I, yes. for me, that's feels like quite a significant thing to do yeah yeah and we when we look at hebrews 11 and into hebrews 12 we get a picture of that you know so first of all it's important to point out at the end of hebrews 11 you've got the cost of following jesus you know that the people who are sawed in two people who are put in prison because they were being faithful that isn't faithfulness going wrong that is you know sometimes the cost of faithfulness is but then we get into hebrews 12 and we talk about this great cloud of witnesses and as we talk about our forebears those who have gone before us those who have passed into glory who have given us the example to follow i i really do believe that there's a sense of them cheering us on as we in this generation fulfill our our adventurous journey that we we go where they have gone we follow where they have led in their following of jesus a pioneer and perfecter of faith I really think there's an opportunity for for this generation of the church to be one that leaves a legacy that is adventurous, that is embracing the new thing that God is doing amongst us. Another quote from Hobbit says, uh, there are no safe paths in this part of the world. Remember, you are over the edge of the wild now and in for all sorts of fun wherever you go. 
you know, it is costly, it is risky, but it is also uh, an exciting thing to be journeying with God uh, mm -hmm. in these places. I mean, I think the privilege of partnering with God in, you know, that, you know, that, that picture in Ephesians about everything coming under the reign of Christ, and yet, and yet we're involved in that, and the church is involved in that, and, you know, just to be just to be partners, pioneers. There's a great legacy that comes to us through church history. As you say, Ali, it's a great legacy within our Baptist history. But, you know, when I look back at that Baptist history, I see a lot of people who in their own contexts were saying, actually, the call is to be nonconformist. The call is to think about what does the gospel look like? What does the gospel mean in this changing circumstance? And, and, you know, they were both reactive of what was happening, but they were also proactive in their pioneering and they discovered new ways. And, and, and it strikes me with, with, with the world, with many of the institutions and familiar ways dying right across, particularly Western society. Gosh, you know, we need to be listening to the prophetic and the apostolic and the pioneering to make that difference for the kingdom so it can break through in greater measure in our world. Yeah, I, I agree. I think. You know, we often sort of talk casually about Baptists as being dissenters, but, you know, they were really pioneering. They weren't, they were dissenting against the state, but they were also dissenting against kind of a really overstructured church as well. And a kind of a, a definition of what church was that didn't resonate with what they felt God was saying about church. Mm -hmm. And they were asking the same questions that pioneers are asking now and saying well what might church look like when you look back I was reading something the other day of a, a 1611 meeting that the you know our Baptist mothers and fathers were having about well what is church and trying to work it out and I think well I'm having that conversation with mm -hmm. myself now and with other people what what is this new season mm -hmm. what does it look like in this new context mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. I think you know perhaps as Baptist family We've become a little less adventurous and we've maybe begun to model what church is like on what church has looked like over the years not just baptists but churches more generally and and maybe god is sort of prompting us by his spirit and sort of saying you know ask those questions afresh what does church look like now in this time what does it look like to be brave enough to be led by the spirit to dissent from what we've kind of understood as the structure of church before. And these are big questions. And some people listening to this will be really, well, perhaps everyone listening to the Missional, podcast, Missional Adventure podcast will be on board with this, you know, but as we share this amongst ourselves, there'll be things that are controversial about this, but I do wonder whether God's prompting us to ask some of those questions again. Yeah. And I think, I think it's interesting to think of it, if we perhaps move our conversation on to leadership and what does that look like within this adventurous journey because I, I think there is how do you create a culture of experimentation because that's what we're talking about you know some of these you know one step after the next in some ways people might say well, it doesn't work and you know there are there are plenty of people starting things not knowing whether they're going to be fruitful or not but they're starting things anyway which I think is really exciting in some of the stories we've heard with the missional adventure um, stories but I, I, I think as well there's a sense of just in, encouraging a, a place where and it's not always you know the church leaders who are doing these things actually it's people who have been given permission within the life of the church to just try something we've got th thoughts on on what it means i i, I think of um of people like shackleton who you know 
goes exploring and somehow, you know, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but, you know, the advert in the paper, basically, you know, I'm not sure if you're going to come back, but <laughs> do you want to join me type of thing? And, there, you know, leadership becomes slightly different than, you know, here's a plan, here's a blueprint, this is what we need to do, let's get on and do it. Actually, there's, it's something, you know, I don't know where we're going, I don't know what we're doing, <laughs> but do you want to join me on the journey? You know, any thoughts on leadership? How, 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 how we encourage and equip people in this task of adventuring? Do you think there's something about our theology of who God is and what God is like, and how we, as those called to, I don't really like the term lead, but lead others, in this I mean I think you know I used to be a teacher and I think do we see God as that teacher who just grades us according to achievement you know is it like you know yeah you got 100% so you've got an A well you only got 2% so you're, you're just right off the scale or is or do we see God as someone who is grading for effort <laughs> and I think if we see God as someone who only grades for achievement we're only going to do those things that we can achieve if we think God is cheering us on, and I was that sort of teacher where, you know, yes, of course, in the end, I wanted kids to pass their exams because I wanted to empower them for the future. But what I really wanted was to see kids really pushing themselves and, and, and you know, given I was a drama teacher, so to give themselves a go doing something that they might be actually be rubbish in the end, but they'd, they'd tried it. And so for me, my theology of God is that he's cheering me on for effort as much as, as achievement. That, and I think... As someone who's leading others in this, that is a sort of God I want to be encouraging others to believe in. This is a God who loves us unconditionally, rather than is there wanting to, to catch us out. And if we if we go wrong, you know, it's okay. God can still be cheering us on for like, you know, that was great, Ali, that you, you tried that. Okay, it, oh, you got it all wrong and it, it, it didn't work out what as you were thinking. But what have you learned by that? And how is that going to help you in the future? And I think if we, as those who, in whatever sense, are leading others, can embody that kind of theology of who God is, and that that is the nature of the God that we're communicating to others, that that gives us a freedom and a permission to step out and have a go and not feel that that is going to lead us into this kind of God's bad books and into this kind of sinful failure, but rather into a, a kind of a positive, really tried hard and what have you learned and where do you go from there? And so I think there is something about what kind of theology are we embodying and what kind of theology are we teaching and encouraging in others? I mean, that, but that's, that's the gospels, isn't it? That's the, we are the master's apprentices. You know, Jesus did that with his disciples, you know, get yourselves out there. Don't worry about this. You know, where you're going to sleep, where you're going to eat, you know, where you're going to lay your head, all that kind of stuff. Just get yourselves out there. How did you get on? Basically, it's there, isn't it? In, 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 in the Gospels. I, I think there is a case for recognizing fruitfulness. I do believe as disciples, we're called to be fruitful, but we have to expand the criteria for what is meant by fruitful. You know, for me, fruitfulness is seeing you know, the kingdom of God come. And that's, that is more than just numbers of people who come in and profess personal salvation and come into a church building and worship God. It's about transformed lives. It's about transformed society. It's about redeemed communities. It's about justice. It's about good news for the poor. It's about reconciliation, shalom, well-being in, 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 our, in our towns and villages and cities. So I think there is a place. I think in relation to leadership, I think it's really challenging because 
you know, the world is changing, church is changing, and that's quite a challenge for leaders because actually it requires a different way of leading. But I think one common denominator we could say is leadership is about facilitating. It's the Ephesians 4, isn't it? Equipping the saints for the work of ministry. And I see leadership much more about facilitation and creating environments and communities where, where people can flourish, where people can experiment, where people can take risks. We've we become so risk averse, which for me is a, an oxymoron with them being Baptist. It just doesn't kind of sit comfortably together. You know, risk is, remember John Wimber saying, how do you spell faith? R-I-S-K. It is risk, but it's it's as the apprentices to the to the master Jesus. And you know, if we Proverbs 3, if we, you know, if we trust in the Lord with all our heart, don't lean on our own understanding, acknowledge him in all our ways, he will make straight our paths. That's the invitation to the adventure. Come and discover what God can do in little ways, in ordinary every days with our lives in this great opportunity to, to adventure in these changing times. Yeah. If you don't like the word leadership, Ali, maybe you won't like the word metrics, but I think <laughs> I think <laughs> in, in what we measure, and Roy, you were just talking about fruitfulness, in, in, in what we measure or what we celebrate is what we encourage. And I think so often we've celebrated or measured the attendance at church rather than how many people have been sent into the mission of God. Uh, and, and for me, I think we need to be looking at looking at things differently. Uh, you know, if if we are to be fruitful as those that are, are leading others in our churches, it, we, we can't just be how many people can we attract on a Sunday morning? It has to be how many people can we release and equip uh, and send into the adventure of, of engaging and partnering with God in, in his mission? Uh, it, we, we do need to be celebrating and, and measuring different things, I think. Is there something as well about kind of all being in it together as well? I think, you know, some stars, I think the reason I don't like leadership is it, it's kind of like, I'm not aspiring to be this sort of omnipresent, omni everything. You know, I'm, I'm really aware that I can't do all of those things. And I think, you know, I'm taking this back, just coming back to me as the story again of Mallory, that they couldn't have done Everest, although Mallory was leading it, it was very much that they were all in that together. They were all stepping out in faith. They were all doing it. They were all kind of supporting one another along alongside. They would, they would all be dependent upon one another. Absolutely, and then Where sadly, in that yeah, yeah, sadly in that story, Mallory isn't the one who ends up making it. Mm -hmm. But the quality of his leadership is shown by the fact that others were able to go on and do that. But he basically, Mallory ends up kind of laying down his life. But he has been such. He has so brought together the team, and so kind of what does it mean to be teams? on adventure going together hearing god in and through one another and, and all of that so for me that's why i'm not that keen on the kind of leadership yeah. language that we're here to kind of all and I, I know that you don't don't see it as an omnipresent omniperfect <laughs> for yeah. you the fireman but yeah yeah i mean i think shackleton's similar i mean he's often held up as you know as one of these leaders and, and they failed <laughs> they didn't make it but what happened was he got everybody everybody back they were they were together you know that the the sense of community and that the the togetherness of of, um, of Shackleton's journey was what made it stand out you know it wasn't the success that everyone else had anticipated but it was uh, there was there was success in and again that is a horrible word in the church context but it was something that um yeah the fruitfulness was was in elsewhere than where other people were anticipating to find it and I think we need to be open 
open to that. I, I'm seriously impressed by you drawing illustrations from mountaineers and explorers. And really, <laughs> <laughs> I just really, really good. And um, but we've used both of you used a word there, which I think is really important. Use the word community, because I think in both uh, the examples that you gave, they created teams, community, and I think that community, you know, Baptists were covenanted communities. Mm. And, and, and I think, you know, when you create a community, uh, there is the forming under God of relationships that share experiences and you journey together, out of which comes things. If you just simply try to cohere people together on a project or a program, you're in danger of not building a community. And, and you know, that's where I think for, for pioneers, but for all church, values become really important you know what what is undergirding you is it a community or is it just a group of people who gather together and if they quite like the vision or they quite like the program or they buy into the project but actually i think long-term sustainability is actually about building communities yeah. that, that's why we're seeing just the emergence of so many missional communities or churches moving if you like from a slightly more congregation coming together for meetings which we've not been able to do under lockdown to actually discovering what it is to be a community of Christ's disciples on an adventure together. I think I, guess, I think that's a really big issue that is, is needs to be undergirding the whole missional adventure. And what is, what's been good in telling the stories, these hundred stories, is, is a, the benefit of sharing stories. That's one of the things that comes out of our covenanting together as Baptists, is that one person has an adventure, has an experience of God providing on that adventure, and is able to share that with others. And if those that are adventuring, the pioneers or whoever, do that on their own, it doesn't benefit the, the wider community. And I, yeah, I, I think... What, what Baptists don't need is a team of lone rangers going off doing their own thing. What we need is to be a community of people together uh, uh, adventuring into the mission of God and sharing what we're finding as we do it so that we all benefit uh, and learn and grow together. I think we're, we're reaching the end of our, our conversation. And I, I mean, what I've been impressed with in the stories is, and, and let, me, let me use this, this another quote from Hobbit, to, from The Hobbit to, to close. In Gandalf, this is a quote from Gandalf, and he's referring to Saruman. He says, Saruman believes it is only great power that can hold evil in check. But that is not what I have found. I have found it is the small everyday deeds of ordinary folk that keep the darkness at bay, small acts of kindness and love. And I think, you know, we often, we, we, we talked about Mallory and Shackleton and these big explorers, but actually what it is, is about ordinary people, ordinary Christians, just becoming obedient to the call of God on their life and following in a risky way where God might be leading. Thank you to, to Ali uh, and to Roy for joining me. Thank you for uh, those of you who have listened through these podcasts and uh, keep coming back to them. Hopefully you've been inspired to go on your own adventure as you've listened to the stories and read those on the website yeah thank you and it's been a, a pleasure i want to thank susie who's been uh, interviewing as well as over this podcast series uh, thank you to susie and the rest of the team uh, emma and carol from river tree who have helped make these podcasts possible so thank you for listening go and take a look at the rest of the stories on the missional adventure website bless you bye The Missional Adventure podcasts have been made possible through funding provided by Baptists Together. The music is from The Adventure, an original song written by Andy Flanagan and recorded by Matt Osgood. Editing of the podcast is by Emma Garner and this has been 
a River Tree Limited production.